0: Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 12 Opportunity Knocks. A plethora of voices came from Anna's living room. She wasn't sure what she had expected, but it wasn't this. Her parents and Susan's mother were present, but there were a couple of faces she didn't recognize namely, a tall man in a suit and a stern woman with cold blue eyes. Anna caught her breath. She knew those eyes. They were the same as the white wolves from her nightmare. Or was it a memory? Les gave her a nudge with his elbow. Don't worry, she doesn't bite. Often. Anna blushed, embarrassed to be caught staring. Even though she wasn't paying them any attention, the voices from the living room kept finding their way to her ears. And for some reason, the smell of all those people became overwhelming. Anna, are you okay? She opened her eyes to see Les reaching out, as if to steady her. Anna had been holding her ears with her hands. Sounds kept coming in waves, but they were starting to quiet. I'm fine, I think. I don't know. Everything got really loud for a second. Don't worry, you'll get used to it. So, this is normal? Your senses are adjusting. You'll find yourself sensitive to noise, smells, light. Les checked her again. Let me know if you feel sick or anything. Anna bawled her hands into fists, waiting for her senses to overload again, but nothing happened. I'm fine now. We can go in. Anna followed Les into the living room, slowly taking everything in. A shaggy golden werewolf bounded over to greet her, wrapping her arms around Anna. I'm glad you're all right. Susan held her tight. So am I. Anna hugged her back, happy to be in the company of her friends and family. If everyone wouldn't mind taking a seat, the tall man in the neat suit addressed the room. Now that we're all present, we have some things to discuss. As everyone took a seat, he made his way over to Anna, extending his hand. I'm glad you could join us, Anna. I'm Vince. It's a pleasure to meet you. Anna shook his hand, wanting to melt into the background once again, but curiosity made her hang on a little longer. Les had told her there was another vampire who would be helping them sort things out. Anna wasn't sure what to expect after her first encounter with a vampire, but Vince seemed kind enough. Vince let Anna escape to a seat on the couch between Susan and her mom. Anna shot a glance at the woman with the pale eyes who was sitting away from her near the kitchen, but she made no move to introduce herself. Vince cleared his throat, drawing everyone's attention. He stood at the end of the living room ready to make a speech. Thank you all for being here. I know the last few days have been trying for everyone. At the best of times, introducing families to our world is a stressful matter, so considering the circumstances, you're all adjusting quite well. I'm used to inducting families under far less trauma. Vince paused, flashing a glare at the blue-eyed woman in the corner. So I appreciate your patience. My job is to help make this transition as smooth as possible, so if there's anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Maybe we should bring our newest arrival up to speed. Les motioned to Anna. Her head was swimming. How long was I out for? Nearly a full day, Les told her. We were so worried. Her mother reached over and stroked Anna's hair. She leaned into her mother. I'll be all right. I feel fine, actually. That's good, but things have changed, sweetie. Things are going to be different from now on. Her mother's gaze grew distant. Anna thought of the breakfast she had eaten and the ringing in her ears as her senses adjusted. Things would be different, but they would find a way to manage. "'It pains me to say it,' Vince said, "'but this case is going to be drastically different.' "'Why?' Something gnawed at the back of Anna's mind. There was a piece of the puzzle everyone else could see, but she was missing. "'Anna, it pains me to tell you that the man who attacked you escaped our agents last night. He's still at large.' The room began to swim, and Anna felt lightheaded. But I saw him fighting with the white wolf. He was thrown out a window. That was me. All eyes turned to the woman at the back of the room. I was the werewolf you saw fighting with him. I had him, but he slipped out of my grasp. She clutched her fists tightly. I'm sorry. Evie, don't blame yourself for what happened, Vince soothed her. I had him, Vince. We had him. All this suffering should have ended last night, but it didn't. So he got away. Susan huffed, crossing her arms over her chest. Good riddance. I wish it were that simple. Vince tented his fingers, pursing his lips, pausing to choose his next words. Fear gripped Anna. It's not over, is it? He'll come back. The room went silent, collectively holding its breath until Vince spoke. No, it's not over. Not as long as Anna's alive. The room erupted into dismay. Everyone was shouting all at once. Anna clamped her hands over her ears and squeezed her eyes shut, but she couldn't drown it out. Worse was the growing fear spreading from her gut, making her blood run cold. Panic began to take over. There was no way out. Will would come for her. A hand on her knee brought the room back into focus. Anna, are you okay? Do you need to go someplace quiet? Les's presence was stabilizing. I'll be fine if everyone stops shouting! Anna massaged her temples and the room quieted. There's no need to be alarmed, Vince said. I know the situation sounds dire, but we actually have the upper hand. How? Anna's father grumbled from his easy chair. I'm saying we're in a good position. Anna is safe, and under our care, we have a chance to catch and dispose of Hunter or will as you knew him, once and for all. Vince's confidence failed to reassure everyone. What are you suggesting, exactly? Anna's father narrowed his eyes, studying Vince. This is all an elaborate game to Hunter, Vince explained, but his obsession will be his undoing. In his mind, he never loses. He'll merely see this game as unfinished, meaning he'll return to finish what he started. "'But because we know his target is Anna, we can protect her, "'even go so far as to draw Hunter into a trap. "'You really think he'll fall for something like that?' Anna's father scoffed. "'He will,' Les spoke up. "'He's never lost to us before, and last night was a big blow to his ego. "'But have you ever done this before? How do you know it will work?' "'Nothing is certain, Mr. Russell.' Les suddenly looked older than his years, as if a lifetime had been added to his features. But the best chance your daughter has to live is to put her in Fenris's care. First you fail to protect her, then you let this nutcase get away, and now I'm supposed to hand over my only child to you for her protection? Forget it! Please, hear me out. Vince took back the floor. The safest place in the country for any werewolf or vampire child is at a private academy that I head. That's why I'm here and not some other delegate of Fenris. Our grounds are 100% Fenris monitored, and we can comfortably house the extra security and operations needed in this situation. It's the safest place for the girls right now. Wait, Mrs. Wolfe spoke up. What do you mean, girls? Is Susan in trouble, too? In a manner of speaking, Vince said, Susan has been summoned by Fenris for an evaluation concerning her involvement in the death of James Shen. It doesn't rain, but it pours, Susan groaned. Yes, and rather than separating our resources, it makes sense to all meet in one place. I don't know, Mrs. Wolfe wrung her hands together. This is all happening so fast, I feel like my head might explode. You're not the only one, Anna's mother assured her. It's too much to take in all at once. I don't know what to say, much less do. Where are we going? Susan asked. Her mother glared at her. "'It's outside of Ottawa. We have many acres of estate and excellent facilities. It's called the Red Oak Institute, and it was designed as a private school where werewolves and vampires could go to learn and develop their gifts.' "'So we're going to Hogwarts?' Susan's lips drew back in a wolfish grin. "'If I had a nickel.' Vince smoothed the stray hair that had fallen from his immaculate head. "'You are more than welcome to join us, even under normal circumstances.' I don't know about this, Mrs. Wolfe said. Even under normal circumstances, I'd be reluctant to allow Susan to go. Evie stepped forward. Mrs. Wolfe and Mr. and Mrs. Russell, I know you've been through a lot. It would be hard for anyone to put their trust in a bunch of strangers, but I want you all to know that I'm willing to commit myself to the lives of your children by making them my own. I'm willing to adopt them into my pack. Vince and Les went silent, their eyes wide. ''What does that mean?'' Mrs. Wolfe asked. Vince found his voice, though he continued to stare at Evie. ''To werewolves, their pack is a sacred bond. It's like a family, though the members don't have to be related by blood. It connects the members to each other. It's actually quite an honor that Evelyn is offering this to your daughters.'' Evie knelt in front of Mrs. Wolfe. ''It means what is mine is theirs, and that I will have only their best interests at heart.'' It means I will protect them at any cost and love them as my own family. That's some pretty heavy stuff, Susan swallowed. It is, Evie said, but we've already been through so much together. I ask your parents for their permission, but the choice is yours. Susan answered without hesitation. You've been there for me when I needed you most. I can't imagine having anyone else at my back through this craziness. I accept. If... It's okay with you, Mom. Mrs. Wolf flung her hands in the air. I don't know, Sue. You're old enough to decide who your friends are. Thanks, Mom. Evie turned to Anna, her pale eyes welling with concern. I know we haven't spoken. I remember you. The vision of the terrifying white wolf flying through the window was tempered with memories of a loving voice calling through the darkness. Evie had been there when Anna woke up. She had saved her life. Anna's body went warm. There was already a special connection, even though they hadn't spoken to each other in the waking world. I'll accept, too. "'Sweetie, are you sure?' Her mother gripped her hand. "'Out of the question,' her father's face flared red. Mum, Dad, I've never been more sure of anything my whole life.' Anna was taken aback by her own confidence, but she stood by what she said. "'If this is what you want, this is insane.' Her father folded his arms across his chest, clearly unhappy, but one look at his daughter was enough to make him cave in. Do what you want. There's just a small formality to make things final, then. Evie bent her head to her forearm, her teeth elongated, and in one fluid motion she pierced her skin. She motioned for Susan to do the same. Susan awkwardly bit into her arm. She flinched, and a trickle of bright red blood flowed from her wrist. Evie took her arm, placing the wounds together, letting the blood mingle. Is that even sanitary? Anna's mother paled. No one else made a sound. I, Evelyn Burns, take into my pack you, Susan Wolfe. Our blood is our bond. Our strength is our family. I swear fealty to you. Do you make the same oath to me? I do. Then it's done. Susan leaned forward as if someone had punched her in the gut. She put a hand to her head. What a rush. It'll pass. Take it easy for now. Evie rose and knelt in front of Anna, putting her arm forward. The same falls to you. Anna brought her arm to her lips. She wasn't sure she'd be able to draw her own blood, but the sight and smell of it coming from Evie's arm made her feel strange and hungry. Her canines ached, and when she brought them down to her skin found they were longer and sharper than they should have been. They cut easily through her skin, and Anna drew back, holding her bleeding arm out to Evie. As their arms connected and their blood mixed, Anna felt a strange sensation. It was not unlike meeting Les in the darkness, except this time their essences were diluted by their physical bodies. Still, it was a raw and emotional connection. When she spoke her affirmation, Anna felt Evie's life force entwining with hers, but they weren't alone. "'Less and Susan were there, too, and there were others she had never met. "'In one moment, she knew all of them intimately. "'Then they were gone.' "'Anna gasped for air. "'Honey, are you all right?' "'Her mother took a hold of her hand. "'Yeah,' Anna managed to breathe out. "'I'm fine.' "'You will take care of her?' Anna's mother asked. "'Like my own family,' Evie gave her a kind smile, "'sincere enough to melt the hardest heart.' With that settled and out of the way, Vince announced, we should get the girls moving as soon as possible. You're really going to take them away? Mrs. Wolf sighed. For how long? For as long as it takes. We have Fenrin's agents on the ground and ready to go in Timber Creek. They'll keep you informed with everything that's happening. Ideally, we should move the girls tomorrow. I'll take care of that. Evie stood, licking the excess blood from the wound on her arm. Tomorrow... The word rang in Anna's ears. She should have been afraid, but the warm rush from the bonding ritual ran through her veins, holding the fear at bay. That concludes chapter 12. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant night.